0: Hey, welcome to Barreled in Truth Podcast. My name is Devin. And
1: my name is Sotorio.
0: And here on Barreled in Truth, we're going to be talking about all things in life with a biblical reformed perspective while we drink a glass of bourbon and smoke a cigar.
1: Yo, welcome to the Barreled in Truth Podcast. You're probably wondering, why don't you hear Devin? He is at the beach enjoying his time with his bride and his family Y'all uh, be praying for him that they have a safe trip and that they have a good time. We miss him here. He trifling for being at the beach. <laughs> but we're going to hold it down while he's at the beach. Um, with that being said, Michael is on the what mic. Up? Mike on the mic. Talk to us, brother. What are you sipping on and what are you smoking, sir?
0: I, tonight I am smoking the Undercrown uh, Shade. Shade, he trying oh. to throw shade at us, you know what I'm saying, yeah. with shade. What a show shade, off, cigar.
1: what he fails to tell y'all, this ain't no regular Joy State Underground. this this mug came in a package. Yeah,
0: it did, a it, tube. Was, it came a little, in a tube, it came in a little tube. He
1: fancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we got Mike on, man, Michael uh, is gonna...
0: How is it, it looks like. Is are it's, you it's enjoying it? Is it light? It's, it's a good cigar. It's just it's not see, what we, I'm used to. Yeah, yeah, we
1: see we we smoke strong cigars, y'all. I had to I had to pace myself because I'd and, be like, and, and, I mean, look, you like
0: Ebony and Ivory over here, you know what I'm saying? Ebony and Ivory over here. Yeah. My cigar history, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bishop. <laughs> what are you sipping on? What are you smoking, sir? Uh Sipping the uh, Jack Daniel's bottle and mm. uh, So and smoking good. a Foundation cigar. Olmec mm-hmm.
1: Love and Foundation it,
0: The Olmec Cigar The Estelle Nicaraguan so Very good
1: Listen very To good. our listeners That enjoy cigars If you are looking For a good brand foundation. A new brand Foundation Foundation has not Made a bad stick mm-hmm. I mean They just don't miss They're amazing mm-hmm. um, I am I am enjoying A, a Fuente Courtesy of Michael um, I wasn't able to go pick up a stick because my bride, she worked in Columbia all day today. And that's about two and a half hours from where we live for, um, some, uh, certification of her job because she made big money. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm about to be a sugar baby up in here. She made big money. <laughs> She's making more money than me right now. She killing it. Um, I'm proud of her. Love you, babe. If you listen. Um, and I am also enjoying some Jack Daniels bonded. Which was the was voted the number one bottle?
0: It was the whiskey of the year last year. Whiskey of the year last year, twenty twenty two. Yeah. So. Don't be hating on it. Yeah, don't be hating. It's good. It's good.
1: <laughs> that being said, today.
0: Michael got us on that.
1: Michael. Yeah, yeah, Michael did. Shout out to Michael. Hey, you tried um, to steal my bottle. I did try to steal your bottle. <laughs> <and then laughs> the I was like, I just gonna take this. One. He did. <laughs>
0: It's part of my package deal for speaking. Package deal,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, at the uh, men's retreat. So, if you guys don't know, we are in the month of October. And so, for the month of October, it is a very special month, um, especially if you are a Christian, um, you attend church, um, you know, church history. Um, there are a couple of different things that we celebrate in October besides just Halloween, which I ain't hate no Halloween. Get your candy.
0: I mean, I like Reese's Cup. You I, know what I'm saying? I,
1: we rocks with candy. <laughs> I like
0: miniature Snickers. <laughs> yes, sir.
1: Um, but that being said, um, first of all, October is the month of Pastor Appreciation Month. And we get the privilege of. Doing our podcast with our pastor, who is one fourth of the Beard in Truth podcast. And we want to start off by saying thank you, Chris, for yes. being faithful, um, being a faithful pastor that st- stands 10 toes down to mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah. Um, you love Jesus. You love your Broadwell. You love the church and you love people. You preach expository sermons every Sunday, and we appreciate you, brother.
0: We love you, you and we thank you. Love you guys. Thank you all for being. Uh, in the trenches with me and uh, it's all by his grace so
1: and also if you don't know october is reformation month What? and on on halloween we celebrate uh, reformation day
0: reformation day martin luther did his thing he did
1: on on halloween
0: that is the day all saints day you know, All Saints. Back in the day, that's yes, what it sir.
1: was. sir. Was it the 1600s where... It was 1517,
0: October 31st. 1517, mm-hmm. my man nailed the 95 Theses.
1: He nailed it. He nailed the 95 Theses on the door at the church in Wittenberg. Um, And so, what we decided, we collectively agreed that we're going to dedicate the month of October. This may trickle over to, to uh, <clears throat> November. We're going to dedicate our podcast to reformation month, and we are going to be covering the five solas Mm -hmm. of the reformation. Um, So these next couple of episodes that drop will be, we're going to do a deep dive into each Sola Mm -hmm. and how they all are connected. You can't have one solo without the other. And ultimately they give us a greater understanding of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're going to be discussing that. And so just to give you guys a overview, um, we're going to be discussing the first solo, which is Sola Scriptura. Mm-hmm. Um, these are Latin phrases that were coined uh, by Martin Luther, which were spearheaded. So typically when someone says uh, they are reformed in their theology, they would typically hold to the five solas of the Reformation. That's mm-hmm. kind of like that gateway to get get you in. Um, And obviously they would be a Calvinist as well, which we will dedicate um, a time to go, go through every uh, points in the tulip as well. Um, So just to give you guys an overview, there are five solas of the reformation that Martin Luther nailed to that door of the Catholic church in Wittenberg. There is sola scriptura, which means scripture alone Mm -hmm. solas, Christus, which means Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Sola Fide, which means faith alone. Mm-hmm. Sola Gratia, which means grace alone. And then lastly, Soli Deo Gloria, mm-hmm. to the glory of God alone. And those are <coughs> the Amen. five solas of the Reformation. Um, and so mm-hmm. today, we're going to be discussing Sola Scriptura. And we have a lot to say.
0: A yeah, lot to probably, say, you know. because this is an
1: important topic, and I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and before we really dive deep into it, I want to say a couple of things that Sola Scriptura is not. Sola Scriptura is not Solo Scriptura. Solo Scriptura advocates a radical individualism that rejects the church creeds, confessions, and traditions Mm -hmm. um, as having any authority while embracing private judgment above all else. So when we say sola scriptura, we are not saying solo scriptura. scriptura. So we are not saying that um, only the Bible, but we are saying that the Bible is the foundation by which our theology, you know, is birthed upon, you know. We bring our theology and how we interpret the scripture from the Bible. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the sole authority. Yeah, sole authority. Everything else, yeah. submits to the authority of Christ. Uh, right, the, the Word of God in terms of what we, what we study and what we think and what we preach. And
1: a hundred percent. And even the reformers and Martin Luther himself would not subscribe to solo scriptura. They they would not say that. Um, you know, you guys hear sayings like "No creed but Christ." Martin Luther would never say that. The Reformers would never say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as Christians that are going to be faithful to Scripture, we look, we measure what church history has said Mm -hmm. in regards to how we read Scripture, how we approach doctrine, biblical doctrine. So we would look at what has uh, faithful um, church, in church history, what has been faithful. Mm -hmm. What has been the consistent understanding of the text of scripture throughout church history. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to make sure I made that abundantly clear as we dive into this topic. Um, So with that being said, Bishop, do you want to
0: kick us off, sir? I mean, I can, you know, we, we, again, we, we, we want to honor and recognize the, the solas, you know, the Protestant Reformation, Luther wasn't after Protestantism, right? That was just what began to happen with Luther and because when he, when he decided to on October the 31st, 1517 receipts to nail the 95 thesis, that was just a document that he wrote. It was published called the disputation on the power of indulgences. Mm -hmm. That is what we call the 95 thesis. And this document was just a series of ideas about Christianity now we got to remember Martin Luther was a was a monk, uh, and and he, he had some law, uh, lawyer history and things like that. So he he was about debate and facts and and things like that. But he <clears throat> he published this document because he saw the more that he read the scriptures, the more he understood what was wrong with the church. Right, and there was some fundamental things yeah. that that were happening within the church because what you believe you do and what you, what you believe you practice. And there was some deep theological errors, even heresies that were being, uh, practiced by the, what we would consider the Roman Catholic church. And so what he was doing, he wasn't necessarily picking a fight. He was inviting conversation, which turned into a fight.
1: Yeah. I mean, he stood 10 toes. He stood 10 toes on the Bible. We can learn from Martin Luther that standing ten toes on the Bible will possibly get you into some stuff. Right,
0: because these ideas were were controversial only because they contradicted the Catholic Church's teachings. Correct. Which, you know, and that goes all the way back to Constantine, which I think it was around 425, somewhere around in there, where Constantine... Uh, it may have been been earlier where when 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 he was converted to Christianity, so he decided to make Christianity the official religion of Rome. Mm-hmm. And and his purpose in that was uh, because he believed in the power of the gospel, and he believed in what what God had done in his life, and you know the exclusivity of Jesus, and all those things, and the power of the church, and the power of the gospel, and the message, and. I don't want to necessarily question his his noble intentions, but because what he was trying to do was end persecution. Yes, and and in that, what began to happen was this this marriage between the church and the state. And when when the church and the state became married, so to speak, uh, it over time began to corrupt both of them the state corrupted the church yes and it became about power Mm -hmm. prestige riches uh building of 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 earthly kingdoms rather than promoting the 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 heavenly kingdom and the kingdom of god and so you know that lasted for centuries yes and they withheld the scriptures you know you can go all the way back to the the council that accepted the present new testament as we have it with the 27 books of the New Testament uh, was kind of hammered out at the Synod of Hippo, and that was oh, in got, 393. We got receipts.
1: I love and, receipt
0: ministry. You know, <laughs> they they canonized. They understood these letters had been circulating for, for 300 years uh, uh, around churches, the writings of the apostles. They were being copied. They were being uh, uh, circulated. Uh, they already had the 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 whole of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which you obviously preach Christ from the Old Testament because Jesus Himself did that. The <laughs> Apostle Paul did that, and understood that. When he would go into synagogues, he would say that Jesus is the fulfillment of your Bible. Yep. Okay. So, <clears throat> in three ninety three at the Synod of Hippo, they they kind of hammered out, and because. The, the question began to arise, well, what is, what is Scripture? What is not Scripture? What is considered inspired? What is not considered inspired? And so up until that point, it was just the understanding of, was this written by an apostle? Was this written by a close associate of Jesus? Was this written by someone close to an apostle? Does it, do they contradict one another? And when we talk about the the authority uh, and the infallibility, infallibility and the inerrancy of Scripture, one of, those, one of those principles that we have to understand is that the best interpreter of Scripture is Scripture.
1: Oh, come on.
0: And so come on. those were the questions that they were asking. You know, when people try to come at us with, you know, um, the apocryphal writings and uh, the lost writings and things like that, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of... These things were written f- uh, four or 500 years after those people, and they were written by someone who were just trying to write from the point of view and the perspective of Thomas. Yeah. And- it wasn't Thomas himself that was writing. That's right. Uh, you know, and so the the early church kind of hammered that out for us. Mm-hmm. Which and is so why we go back to church history. We go, we go, you have to go through church history uh, because they gave us what we would understand as the inspired word of God.
1: Yeah. Correct. And I would
0: think so that God, good. God's providence in his hand was over that protecting his word.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the, the Reformation obviously began on October 31, 1517, when Martin Luther decided to go toe-to-toe with the very powerful Roman Catholic Church. Oh. And again, he was more so inviting conversation and debate more so than picking a fight. Yep. But he would ultimately you know, give his life for that cause because he understood the importance of the Word of God. And what he was saying is that the church is not practicing the scriptures. And they were able to do that because they withheld the scriptures from the, 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 the common person. They wouldn't allow the common person to get a copy of the scriptures. They held it near and dear. And so it was ultimately a power struggle. So when yep. we talk about the the solas of the Reformation, and, and people try to pin you down and say certain things about which camp you're in and just that. We're in the Bible camp. Stand on it. We're in the Bible camp. Stand on it. And that's what Luther, the more he read and the more he studied and the more the, the, the Spirit pressed into him the truths of, of the Word of God, the more he understood the church is not getting this right. And this is a gospel issue. It's a gospel You are issue. convincing people that they can pay their way into heaven.
1: Yeah, and, and might I add to that, Y'all are going to, before, I know y'all used to the bombs and all that, the one-liners, but we got, we got to, we got to paint the picture for y'all first before we get there. And so, so for centuries, the Roman Catholic church made tradition superior in authority and a first important importance over the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so some examples, as Chris mentioned, you know, some examples of that, what would be prayer to the saints, prayer to Mary. Immaculate conception, Mm -hmm. transubstantiation, indulgences, Mm -hmm. papal authority. Mm -hmm. And so the Catholic Church threatened Martin Luther. They did. For publicly rebuking the Catholic Church for its unbiblical teachings. They threatened Martin Luther with excommunication. Yeah. And death. And death. And I'm sure you probably got it too. Um, And we see this in the bondage of the will, I believe, where... Martin Luther's response to the Catholic church was unless therefore I am convinced by the testimony of scripture or by the clearest reasoning, unless I am persuaded by means of the passages I have quoted and unless they thus render my conscience bound by the word of God, Mm -hmm. I cannot and will not retract for it is unsafe for a christian to us, to speak against his conscience mm-hmm. and then we get that famous quote here i stand
0: mm-hmm. here i stand here.
1: i can i can do no other may god help me
0: amen mm-hmm.
1: i love his response to the catholic church right.
0: and and i want to say that sola scriptura is not a, a camp that worships the bible as the fourth member of the trinity
1: Ooh, but it is an so understanding
0: good. that this is the authority yes. for us. Yes. It's, every religious group on the planet has somewhat of a, a holy writing, something of a book that they, whether it be the writings of Confucius or the writings of Buddha yeah. or um, uh, the writings of Muhammad. Right. Um <clears throat> So Christianity is unique in their view of the scriptures in that the scriptures in and of themselves teach that these are god-breathed mm-hmm. that these are not inventions of man based on their interpretation of a vision or what they feel like they they may or may not re- have received from god these these are actual statements yeah. that this that mm. that we received this from God. I mean, right. you can see in the writings of Paul, where he understood, like, I'm an apostle of Christ. Christ gave me this message, Come on. and 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 Peter, uh, recognizing that Paul's writings were scripture, and, and Paul writing to Timothy, telling him that all scripture is breathed out by God and inspired, and 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 there's something to be said for that in terms of how we understand our our faith right and you know again scripture and what god says in his word is is more important than anything that i can think or feel and so one of the great challenges for any of us as individuals or communal bodies of believers is what agenda are you pushing Mm. And wow. one of the great challenges is is to completely remove yourself and, and, and any preconceived notions of what you have about sin and humanity and God and salvation and, and righteousness and all of those things. And come to the scriptures completely laid bare so that you can be cut and shaped and conformed by the written word of God that bears witness to the living word of God. Yeah. And that's where we have to camp. Because what is the That's ultimate so authority good. for Chris Hall? What is the ultimate authority for Kier's Church? That's so good. Well, oh, it's Jesus. God. Wow. But but how do I? How can I even know about Jesus? Mm, we have to go to the Word. We know it by what God has revealed to us in His Word. Yeah, so, sola scriptura would be directly
1: linked to the sufficiency of Scripture.
0: Correct. The inerrancy and the infallibility of the Word of God. I mean, there's nothing that needs to be added. There's nothing that can be taken away. It's complete. It's sufficient. We can talk all day long about speculative theology and what God did or didn't say. We know what he did say. And we know what he did say, and it got hammered out in the early church for us. And we have the Bible, the best-selling book of all time.
1: Come on. Mm -hmm.
0: And we got so many Christian camps who want to take one or two verses or one or two passages and run away with it. And, and completely, ultimately pervert the gospel because their agenda is ultimately not yeah. Jesus yeah. and what God has revealed about himself and humanity yeah. and his redemptive work centered on his son, Jesus Christ, and his purpose to save us in that. And it's so, so we good. have to have what is the ultimate authority for you as a believer? Yes. Is it? Because, I mean, I had conversations with people who grew up in the Bible Belt mm-hmm. and say, well, I was taught this my entire life. Right, that doesn't make it right at all. That doesn't make
1: it right. Well, so, what? What your mama and your auntie them taught you don't matter if it don't
0: if it doesn't well, that was hold so weight. Well, they were so sincere. Well, <laughs> people can be sincerely wrong. I've been sincerely wrong, facts in my life, facts, and and, and and even in my ministry. Yeah, I've I've misrepresented the scriptures at times because of certain camps that I was in and denominational affiliations yep. where where I was pressing into scripture things that that were erroneous rather than allowing scripture to lay me bare and press into me what was ultimate truth. Yeah. And 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 the scriptures are ultimate truth and and so again it's it's the idea of as believers and and followers of Jesus Christ. I mean obviously Jesus quoted the Old Testament a lot. The,
1: the Old Testament was the apostles' New Testament. It was the foundation yeah. for them.
0: It yeah. was the ultimate foundation. So that right there, when you see in the life and ministry of Jesus, when you see Peter preaching at Pentecost in Solomon's portico, quoting Scripture, and you see the Apostle Paul in his letters continuing to quote Scripture, you, you understand the importance of the Bible. You see Peter, again, recognizing the writings of Paul as as inspired, yeah. as Scripture is equating that to the old testament. Yeah. You know, so and good. it's not like they were texting one another and blogging for one another. They just understood this is all being spirit led. That's right. You know, there was no competition between Peter and Paul. No. The commonality for them was the ultimate what was the the power of the gospel and their understanding of what God was doing in and through them. Yeah. Um yeah. To write these things. Yeah, so that's again, so, the, it, the so Roman good. Catholic Church so felt like they were so arrogant and so bloodthirsty for power. They were standing as the intermediary between the person and God rather than understanding the, the, the mediator is Jesus. Yeah. And they were withholding the scriptures because if they could do that, they could convince them that the scripture says anything.
1: Yes, yeah, so the Roman Catholic Church essentially dictated what was valid in script. They they were trying to validate what was, you know, they were they were essentially trying to be the voice that validated what scripture and was not, rather than sitting under scripture exactly. and letting scripture be their final authority for faith and practice. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and I love what you said there. You said a handful there that I hope our listeners really are chewing on. You know, as Christians, the topic of Scripture alone is so important because what's our final authority? The Bible. The Bible has to be the final authority. Right. It has to be the final authority for how we live our life. We need to make great again the phrase, what does the Bible say?
0: What does the Bible say? Again, when, you know.
1: You don't graduate from that.
0: You don't graduate from that. And we need to get away from the the silly notion in Western culture that the Bible is golden corral. The Bible is not a buffet. Come on. I don't get to flip through the pages of Scripture and only consume what is palatable to me. Come on, bro. You know, it's all for me. Yeah, I mean that's, that's I have to chew and come eat on. on all of it. Yeah. And, and and all of it has to be interpreted through the lens of the gospel and Jesus Christ because that's what Jesus Himself taught. Yeah, this is a gospel issue. It is a gospel, a gospel issue. issue how do you interpret and view the scriptures? How do you yeah. interpret law? How do you how do you interpret uh, law in, in, and in law light and of grace? Yeah. yeah. You know, what do you do with that? Are you teaching personal preference as doctrine? Ooh. You got to check your heart on that because Come Jesus on. himself had some things to say about that. And Jesus said, if you are teaching your tradition as the doctrine of God and the commandment of God, you are honoring him with your lips, but your hearts are far from him. And you can package yourself how uh, as spiritual as you want to on Sunday morning and Monday through Saturday because you're quoting the Bible and you're thumping your KJV or whichever version of the Bible that you do. Ooh. But if you are equating your personal preference to the Word of God, and it's not equal to the Word of God. You're putting yourself in the place of God, and you are no different than the Roman Catholic Church that needed reformation, which is what caused Martin Luther to do what he did on October 31,
1: 1517. Correct. And furthermore, how I feel or what I think cannot
0: triumph what the Bible says. No, because we live in this post-Christian, subsequent to post-modernity world that we make ourselves the authority which is the height of, of, of human arrogance and humanism. Come on,
1: Chris. I know that I started. know better, Chris. Come on.
0: Come yeah, on, I know better than the Apostle Paul who suffered and died it's, for it's,
1: Jesus. it's my world. You're just yeah, living in it. <laughs> I know better than
0: the Apostle John who was, they attempted to boil alive and they couldn't kill him, so they just put him on an island to die. Ooh. Yikes. I know more than Peter who was crucified upside down for his faith. Yikes. And I just refuse to suffer because I have a different theology of su- suffering because I'm a Westerner. Ooh. So I'm going to take different Ooh. passages of Scripture and try to cram that into my Western yeah. ideology rather than having my Western ideology transformed by the power and the truth of the Word of God. I,
1: I, mm. I, I want to pause you there because I love what you said because we it, getting that order right is critical. Mm-hmm. It is crucial and critical for the believer. We, and because it impacts our worldview. Mm -hmm. Every, everyone has a worldview. Mm -hmm. You know, as we, you know, I knew that we were approaching this topic for a couple of weeks and I was actually chewing on this even while I was in Atlanta for G3. And I was just thinking, man, like every human being has a worldview. Everyone has a worldview by which they view everything. So for the Christian, our worldview has to be from scripture. Mm-hmm. Scripture dictates how we view everything. That's why I love Second Timothy 3:16, where the apostle Paul says, All scripture is breathed out by God mm-hmm. and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. The Bible is sufficient. I think that, and I would I would say, Chris, that for a lot of Christians, especially in the South, they don't have a problem with the inerrancy of Scripture. Mm-hmm. They have a problem with the sufficiency of Scripture, mm-hmm. because the Agreed. because if you hold to the sufficiency of Scripture, then what you are essentially saying is that the Scriptures is sufficient for every area of life. Mm-hmm. They don't have no problem standing on the Bible, but they have a problem with saying, "Okay, what the Bible says is sufficient for how I am in my marriage, how I am as a husband, as a wife, Mm -hmm. as a employee, as a business owner, as a church member, you know, as as a lay of the land. You know, when you start holding to the sufficiency of scripture, Mm
0: -hmm. submitting to government. Governing authorities, mm-hmm. you know, suffering well, enduring persecution, praying for your enemies, loving your enemies, turning the other cheek. Those are the areas of Scripture that they don't recognize the authority and the sufficiency of. They just reduce their view of the Scriptures down to John three sixteen and and Exodus twenty and the Ten Commandments. Oh, and <laughs> so if you do that, you're, you're you're having a very simplistic view of the Scriptures, and you're completely missing out. On the authority of the Scriptures, that that affects the whole of who you are. My my my, right? Yeah. So you know, sola scriptura uh, is the formal principle of the Reformation, because when Luther nailed the ninety-five Thesis to the the door of All Saints Church uh, in Wittenberg, Germany, in fifteen seventeen, he did so with the understanding that Scripture has authority. Yeah. The church doesn't hold the authority. Mm. The church sits under the authority of the word of God. Yeah, we sit under
1: mm. the Bible. Yes, that's right.
0: And so, oh, so good. when we when we view it that way, we are believing that uh, only scripture because it is God's inspired word is our inherent sufficient and final authority for the church. So... The basis of sola scriptura is the scriptures' inspired nature, because Paul said that in Second Timothy three sixteen to seventeen. What all scripture is breathed out. I know you probably had that pulled up earlier. Oh yeah, I did. Second Timothy. That
1: mentioned. cannot
0: be said of church tradition. Mm. Church tradition does not hold authority. Right. Church tradition had better well sit under the authority
1: yeah.
0: of the scriptures. Yeah, we have to. We have to. Um, So church councils are important. Authors are important. Commentaries are important. 100%. But ultimately, again, what is the motive and what's the agenda? When I'm reading an author, listening to a pastor, hear a podcast or a sermon clip or picking up a book to read, I am going to hold that accountable to what the scriptures say. And what is your agenda? What are you pushing here? What are you driving at? Yeah. Because if you're pushing a prosperity gospel, you're not sitting under the authority of the scriptures.
1: And if you're preaching a ethnical gospel, you're Mm -hmm. not sitting under the authority of scripture. Right.
0: If you're you're trying to make the scriptures fit with the zeitgeist of the culture that you're in at the time, you're not sitting under the authority of scripture. You're sitting under the authority of self and culture.
1: Wow, so good.
0: And you're allowing culture and self to influence the scriptures rather than scriptures to influence culture yeah, and self. And if
1: yeah, if, and if the scriptures are not your final authority, you get to do whatever you want, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on a very practical level. Like, when I look at my life as a pastor, as a husband, I have to ask myself, okay, what does the Bible say? What we do not get to do is take how we feel mm-hmm. and have that triumph with the Bible say. right? We have to take how we feel underneath the Bible and go, okay, here is how I'm feeling, but what does the Bible say? Here is what I'm seeing in my life. Okay, but what does the Bible say? Right. The Bible has to be the final authority for the Christian in faith and in practice. Mm -hmm. Always. That's why I love what it says in Hebrews Mm 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says that for the word of God is living Living. and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul. And of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So in other words, the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, the Bible dictates how your heart operates. Mm -hmm. The Bible ought to dictate how you think, how you Mm -hmm. respond, Mm -hmm. how you handle situations that come up in your everyday life. The Bible has a word for it.
0: Yeah, and when Paul tells us to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is our spiritual act of worship, and be transformed by the renew- renewing of our mind, <clears throat> where's that mind going? Is it going to the scriptures? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Peter tells his readers to grow in grace and knowledge, that, that knowledge comes from God, and God has revealed himself to us. Yeah. The Bible is a gift. Come on. And it is a gift that is often taken for taken for granted. I think
1: we. I don't think people look at the Bible as a gift, man. They don't. That's so good. I never heard that. They the don't.
0: They they, they. 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 That. They want to view the Bible as a gift when they lose a loved one, and they, you know. But you, it doesn't take long to see the the error of people's thinking because they don't truly understand the Bible when they lose a loved one or suffer tragedy or go through trial or tribulation or heartache or pain or suffering or. Or even when they have victory. Yeah. Because they're not they're, their thinking is not being influenced by the word of God. Very true. You know, we got we still got Christians out here talking about karma and people becoming angels when they die. And if you just mm. simply read your Bible, you know that neither one of those things are true. That just comes through reading your freaking Bible. <laughs> and oh, yeah. studying your Bible and chewing on the Bible and, and meditating on your Bible.
1: I mean, bro, I can't go on social media without seeing somebody basing how they are in life upon their zodiac sign. Yeah. Ooh. Seriously, I mean, oh, I'm a Pisces, so that's why I'm like yeah. this. Or I'm a Leo, that's why I'm yeah. like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What? No, you're a
0: sinner. That's why you're like this. You're that.
1: a sinner in desperate need of the savior. But that's why you're. What like What do the that. stars have to do with that?
0: Yeah. They don't. will not you get your answers from the one who put those stars where they are?
1: You know, and and it's great. (laughs) You know, the the great irony of that is that people will sit under authority. Mm -hmm. They will sit under everything under the sun without Mm -hmm. realizing it before they sit under the authority of the Bible.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think it's antiquated and it's not alive and it's dated and it's, you know, it's for traditionalists and things like that. And what they don't understand is that The Bible is eternal. Jesus himself said that. Mm -hmm. There's not one jot or tittle that will pass away from the word of God. 100%. So the Bible, the word of God will be in heaven. And we will experience it and see it and know it when our faith becomes sight.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why why Calvin said that the apex of the Sunday service is the preaching of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens at church on Sunday hinges upon the preaching of the word of God. In second, Peter, chapter one, verse 19, it says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rises in your hearts mm-hmm. and so i love i love what peter says there he's like man like listen the word of god is prophetic man mm-hmm. your heart should be your heart beats on this word
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you know on a practical level the reason why so scriptura is so important man like what's your final authority mm-hmm. if my final authority is my emotions man we're in trouble
0: mm-hmm.
1: my marriage is in trouble mm-hmm. My life is in if trouble. It's culture.
0: You're in trouble. If it,
1: if it is cultural,
0: if it's athletes, oh, celebrities, you in trouble. politicians, political camps, friends and family who are t- just telling you to follow your heart because they don't understand Jeremiah 17.9. nine uh, and other passages of Scripture that talk about the human heart. So they're they're just biblically illiterate. Yeah. And again, that we 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 want to pick and choose when the bible is appropriate for us and when when it's not and you it's impossible it's impossible to know Christ apart from his word
1: yeah you can't yeah and you know i hear a lot of i hear a lot of talk where it's like um you know the bible what the bible says does not triumph with you know jesus and i'm like man you don't know about jesus without scripture right you can't develop a fundamental understanding of who your Jesus is without the scriptures. Well,
0: I love these people that say, "Well, I'm just a red letter Christian." Well, the Apostle Paul wasn't. No creed, but Christ, Chris. no the creed but Christ. No, Apostle Paul wasn't a red letter Christian. <laughs> the disciples weren't red letter Christians. They suffered more than for the cause of Christ than you ever will.
1: Yeah, and there for the for the apostles, their New Testament was the Old Testament.
0: Correct. Well,
1: I, I want to make sure we make that abundantly
0: clear. <laughs> Jesus wasn't a, a red letter Christian. How many times did he quote the Old Testament? A lot. Oh.
1: In fact, DA Carson has a book <laughs> where he the, the whole book is like how Jesus and the apostles build and form their theology from the Old Testament. Right.
0: And and again, when people act like theology isn't important, they they don't understand the moment the moment you speak about God you're no speaking theo- theologically.
1: Yeah,
0: everybody's the moment, a theologian, right? The moment you Everyone. try to spout off any any sort of thought process about humanity or the state of the world, or the human heart, or eternity, heaven or hell, or the afterlife, our relationship to God as a creator, you're you're speaking theologically. Well, where, yeah. where is that theology coming from? Yeah, facts. And, and again, is it coming from self? Is it coming from how you were raised? Is it coming from preconceived notions? Is it coming from human emotion and what you think is right and what you think is fair? Um, because the scripture has some things to say about that, which again is why you need to, to sit under the authority of the scriptures so that the scriptures can transform yeah. the renewing of your mind so that you can fully understand because Jesus said those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and truth. Yeah. Well, you can have all the spirit you want to, but the spirit's job is to point towards truth. Yeah, which is the scriptures, and so the Holy
1: Spirit will never, never tell you to do anything that's contrary, contrary to, to the Bible. And and
0: that's God didn't what, tell you to leave your wife.
1: It did not. And you know, and to and 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 Stupid. and to speak to our charismatic brothers, you know, we are not. We're team Holy Spirit here at Beard and Truth Podcast. Period. We are team Holy Spirit. We believe yeah, no in the We believe in the gifts, bro. We, 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 we are team Holy Spirit. That being said, the Holy Spirit will never prompt you to do or say anything that's contrary to scripture. Oh, I God. love what Martha Martin Luther said here. Martin Luther said, I have covenanted with my Lord that he should not send me visions or dreams or even angels. I am content with the gift of the scriptures which teaches and supplies all that is necessary, both for this life and that which is to come. Mm -hmm. So Martin Luther, he lays out this idea that like, man, like scripture is sufficient for every area of life. Every area. You don't need any, you don't need any extra biblical resources. The Bible is sufficient. Mm -hmm. It's sufficient, man.
0: And when we go to it with sincerity, asking God for wisdom, he has promised to give us those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And when Paul told Timothy, you know that Scripture is God breathed. Yeah, that that is the only collection of books that makes that claim. Um, and that is the only book. And again, the Bible is a collection of sixty six books yeah. by forty or so authors written on three separate continents over a period of two to twenty five hundred years, two thousand twenty five hundred years. Yeah. yeah. All with one resounding theme. Yeah, that God has purposed to save sinners in the person personal work of His Son Jesus Christ. Yeah, and on, when you when when everything so gets tied together through that, I mean, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, sat with the disciples and he said he went through the law, he went through the Psalms, he went through he went through the prophets, and he said these things bear witness about me. He told the Jews that you. You love the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. But it is those things that bear witness about me and, yeah. and you're missing the point because yeah. you're not Come getting on. the point of the scriptures which is Jesus. Come on. And so when Paul says that to Timothy that all scripture is is God-breathed that is a heavy statement. He's not saying just the law was God-breathed. He's not saying just the prophets and the psalms were god breathed and the gospels were god breathed and the epistles were god breathed <laughs> and the and, and uh, uh, the apocalyptic literature of john was god breathed he's saying all of it is breathed out by god yeah. so sola scriptura means that only scripture is our sufficient authority yeah so that if i i cannot take every thought captive to christ if i'm not taking it captive to scripture Boy. Which is what Paul said, Wh- right? What? Right. Oh. So, so that's what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, right? If if I'm going to take every thought captive to Jesus, I have to take every thought captive to His Word. And again, the Bible is the written Word that bears witness to the living Word.
1: And also, God. and and we see in the Gospels that this is the, this is how Jesus lived His life and did His yeah. ministry. Jesus did His ministry under the banner of Scripture. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus himself.
0: How many times did he say in the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard it said this? You've heard it said this. Yes. Come on, bro. He quoted the Bible a lot. A lot. The Apostle Paul quoted, he memorized the Old Testament. We got a bunch of spiritual gurus who who memorized one or two scriptures and that like their authority on the entirety of the scriptures of God. The Apostle Paul memorized the Old Testament. He quoted the Old Testament. Peter quoted the Old Testament. These were Hebrew of Hebrews. They were Jewish men, but they understood the Messiah was the fulfillment of, the, of those things. And Peter even talked about how the prophets of old longed to understand fully of what they were prophesying about. But they didn't really get that glimpse until it came to pass when Jesus appeared. And they were, they were writing in light of those things under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to believers so that God could form his holy scriptures and complete them as sufficient for the church universal because the Bible is not unique to any culture. It's not unique to any race. It's not unique to any socioeconomic class. It is unique to all of us. we all need to sit under the authority in the scriptures because it has something to say to each and every one of you whether you're white black hispanic latina whatever you are italian whether you're rich whether you're poor whether you're middle class whether you're Republican or you're democrat the bible has something to say to you there is no Mm. ethical or social status bias the bible isn't the white there's there's no no white people wrote the bible it's not the it's not the book of the white man. man you got time today. You must no, got it's, time today. Uh, come on. You got it's time not the today. book of the white man. Yeah, you got time today.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you got time. it's
0: it's the book of of uh for, for everyone who who wants to understand the story of who God is, how who he God has is. revealed himself yeah, to yeah, humanity, yeah. how we got here. Come on, what Bishop. is the purpose for humanity? Yes and what is the purpose of salvation? Preach. Right? That's what the Bible does for us. Yeah. And that is why we hold the Bible in such high regard. I'm not going to get up and read more newspaper clippings and social media articles and everything else more than I read the Bible.
1: Uh, you know, hearing you say that, it makes ah. me think of this quote by Vodi Bakum where he says, God told me is no su- substitute for the Bible says. Oh. Uh-uh. Because God, don't know. come on. Hell no. Yeah, I love that Vodi quote. God told me know. is no substitute from the Bible says because. Nothing that God tells you will be contrary or contradictory mm. to Scripture. Prover- Proverbs chapter uh, 30, verses 5 through 6 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add Mm-mm. to His word, lest He rebuke you and find you a liar.
0: Again, it, it's the height of human arrogance to feel like that I got to add something to Scripture.
1: And there are a lot of churches and theological camps, which ain't really much theological. That their crown and joy is, mm-hmm. God told me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mm-hmm. saw in a vision. Yeah, I saw in a dream. Uh, what the Bible say? And, and I want to share a story with you. And the the gentleman that he knows who he know who he is. Um, we actually had dinner. He took me and my bride out. To, him and his wife took me and my bride out to dinner a few months ago. I have a friend of mine he almost walked away from a six-figure job because at this time we we all were, you know, doing ministry together and the gentleman that I'm speaking of I won't say his name out of respect he almost left his six-figure job because one of the one of our buddies told him that quote unquote, God said we're gonna plant a church. God told me we're gonna plant a church. Okay. And this man almost—I mean, he was ready because he—he he trusted him. Like this is a friend. Right. We go to church together. I trust him, you know. And he and 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 the gentleman told him, God told me we're gonna plant a church. When Chris, that one tell me? <laughs> like No like le- tell me. No like legitimately He almost quit his job bro Yeah And uprooted his life For this thing
0: Is that based on I mean did he feel Any sense of calling In that regard Or he just went based on What this other gentleman said
1: Two months later
0: Nothing happened bro Yeah
1: He only said it once And nothing happened after that Yeah This man almost quit his job Because trusting his friend That said God told me
0: Yeah Yeah
1: the, these guys told me cats, man, you gotta be careful and He'll be it, careful. And, and and again, we are not we, we are team Holy Spirit. Of course. We are not opposed and to And I wanna
0: be careful when, when I'm communicating what I feel like God has spoken to me and what He said to me And, and we always weigh it against Scripture. Correct. And you know, and again I'm not when when I when I have uh the ability to speak truth into someone's life, I'm speaking scripture to them. I'm not speaking Chris Hall to them.
1: Ooh! I'm not speaking
0: personal preference <laughs> to them. I'm not. Spe- oh. and, every, and everyone knows that, and that's why, you know, a, a lot of people they know what they're going to get when they come to me. Facts. They know Facts. what. They're I'm gonna not going to tell them. you. I'm not. We're not
1: going to tell you what we think or what we like. All right. What does the Bible
0: say? Let's what go does go Scripture say about this situation? Let's turn pages. What is, right. What does Scripture say about your heart and where your heart is right now and how you're responding to this? You know. I mean, I had to remind Jess yesterday.
1: And I just prayed over her,
0: Philippians 4 uh, 4 through 8, yeah. about anxiety. Uh huh. You know, it, it, you can take whatever you want, but where's your heart here? You know, again, because scripture tells us clearly to be anxious for nothing. Mm. Right. Come on. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. Now, I have moments and areas in my life where I feel ang- anxious, you know, and I have to be reminded the same way that she would need to be reminded or whoever would need, need to be reminded of what the Scripture says about anxiety. Right. Jesus himself had some things to say. It's recorded in the Scriptures. For sure. By Matthew and Luke and other people. The Apostle Paul, same thing, who wrote from a cold, rat-infested, dark Roman prison cell about anxiety. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I say, I'm praying this over you. These verses, meditate on this.
1: I, you're praying Scripture over your wife.
0: Yes. Yes. Come on, man. I'm not, I'm not praying what 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 I what I think and what I you think. ain't
1: praying the culture cues, man.
0: <laughs> so you know, again, and I think that that's another area of, of of weight for the Scriptures is when we when we pray the Scriptures over situations because we're, what we're doing is we're 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 banking on the promises of God.
1: Oh, I just hit him with my hat, y'all. If y'all didn't hear that. I hope I hope the mic caught that. I, so, I just because, I just smacked that joker with my hat.
0: So okay. because the the scriptures are sufficient and they're God breed, uh-huh, they are what Paul said are profitable. Oh for my, my, my. So,
1: can I speak in tongues or something, man? So you're preaching right <laughs> now, bro. So you can't
0: <laughs> you can't have teaching that is profitable for the people of God without the word of God. Ooh. Okay. Why they do it? That is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. On my. That the man of God, that mm-hmm. the person, the believer, Come on. the pastor, may be complete and equipped. For every good work and you will never be complete and you will never be growing in your faith and you will not be prepared for good works, which is what God saved you ultimately for because we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world for good works. That's Ephesians two ten. So ultimately we're not just saved from we're saved to and we are not equipped for those good works without the foundation of the word of God in our hearts and our lives. So good, bro. That yeah, is that why. Is so
1: good, man.
0: I will die preaching the Bible.
1: And you know, I texted. I texted Chris today, y'all. Um, you did. I texted him, and I just told him, <laughs> "I, I, no, actually, let me, let me retract that. I didn't. T- it wasn't today. It was uh, yesterday. Actually, I texted him, and as I was preparing for this episode, and I told him, I said, Chris, I know this is random, but I just want to thank you." for always preaching with the Bible in your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that when you preach, you have the Bible physically in your hand. He doesn't put it down. He no, does not right. put it down. And I love it's that. so weird. Absolutely. I, and you know, I appreciate that. I know that's a little detail, but the, the reason why I so appreciated that is because it is a subtle and gentle reminder that this is what we stand on. We 100%. stand on this, we stand 10 toes, ten toes down on this, mm-hmm. we sit under it.
0: Uh, it's a crazy story about that. I just, you know, cause I've been in ministry for 28 years and been preaching for a long time and somewhere along the way, I think God just, it just happened and I didn't realize it was happening. And, and so, um, I took a, a, a Hebrew class mm-hmm. in seminary and, um, that, that entire Hebrew class is that we walked through the book of Jeremiah. And the, 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 the whole class, all we did was just take big chunks of Jeremiah and translate that that passage from Hebrew to English. Mm. And we were just chewing on it. And so part of our final exam was, and we showed up the last day of class thinking we wasn't taking a test or doing anything. We felt like we were just turning in some, some assignments and we were going to be on our way. Right. And and um, what well, part of part of the assignment was to put together ten sermon outlines based on your the translation of ten different passages?
1: Oh wow! Okay. What so book were y'all doing? Huh.
0: It was Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Was Jeremiah. Hey, and so get we had some Hebrew we had, in! We had spent the entire semester translating. Passages from Hebrew to English, chewing on them, talking about them, writing little essays. I can't and stuff wait like to that. do that. I'm and so, so glad I'm
1: in school now.
0: <laughs> Doctor Brantley was his name, and he had been studying Hebrew for thirty years. And so, wow, um, mm. it's incredible. You know, you're in seminary, and you you show up with your coursework and your Bible, and and I had, like again, it was it was something that hadn't been brought to my attention, to something that I didn't really think about. It was just something that I did. And this was a class of we had we had extension sites that were videoed in, okay. So we had three or four other campuses that we were videoing in, and um, we probably had fifteen or twenty guys in there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we got there, and Dr. Brantley said, "All right, get your best best outline out. You guys are preaching a sermon today."
1: Oh! Did you have one already?
0: Oh, come on. I mean I had outlines. You had some, so you I had I some stuff. One. Up. So I just what passages you pick? I don't even remember. Hey, uh, I would and, love uh, to be a fly so, on the wall. And so like everybody's looking around like, uh oh, you know
1: what I'm saying? can, we, can we you please today. try to like find that. I wanna
0: see what you preach. I, I probably got it in my notes. Somewhere. That is amazing. But um yeah, so awesome. I mean it came time for, for me to get up and and I preached my sermon and uh and he you know, he held us to about twenty minutes apiece, twenty to thirty minutes apiece. You know, and uh, was it a three-point
1: sermon, Chris?
0: Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's he wanted us to do outlines <laughs> yeah. that way. It was a Baptist seminary, so the Baptist creed is three points in three a points poem. In a poem, yeah. Yes,
1: and so, sir. Um, hey, I, I'm guilty. I, I wasn't much hey, for that's poetry. That's how I preach, man. I ain't gonna no. lie. I, I normally like to have points.
0: Make your points, you know. But but when I preached my sermon, and I sat down, Dr. Brantley said, "Did y'all notice anything about Chris?" And people were just kind of like, well, you know, well, this or that. And he said, he never put his Bible down. And that's a testimony to how he views the Scriptures. And this was probably this was Come pro- on, this was bro. probably in like two thousand eight. And bro,
1: I I texted you that, bro. It was random when I texted you that yesterday.
0: It's it's yep. it's a, again. It's it's nothing that uh, did consciously. It was something that I just hold the Bible near and dear uh, to my heart and. Um, if if I'm going to believe the scriptures in terms of the promises of God and his love for me and his disposition towards me in Christ Jesus, I I can't just, I can't just take that part and, and leave out the parts that aren't palatable to me, who that, that make me uncomfortable that, that challenge me or, or I don't want to be shaped and conformed. I don't want that. The, that edge of that sword to cut me here. So I'm going to either disregard it or misrepresent it. My, my, my. I have to, I have to uh, hold the scriptures as a whole in high regard and, and understand that all of it is inspired, that it all tells the story of redemption and that all of it has to be, that has to be viewed through the lens of the gospel. Graham Goldsworthy wrote an amazing book called gospel centered hermeneutics. And, it's not a, I know
1: what book you're talking about it's I've heard not that an easy read I almost, it, I almost brought
0: it almost brought it tonight because I had several things why didn't you that,
1: bring you know, it yeah I, just, I, had, I was like I was playing?
0: I was like man there's so much here you know because you I got it. so much highlighted so, please tell things. me got a quote yeah um but uh, essentially oh, what he was saying was that ultimately what uh, uh, again he's just kind of saying what we've been saying in terms of what authority looks like for the believer the the church doesn't hold the authority; the Bible does, Ooh. and that was the that was the need. There Come was a on. desperate need for reformation. Yes, it, I mean the church was so far gone and so corrupt, and how they were representing salvation. That the church was so arrogant and so bloodthirsty for power. They were literally holding the souls of men and women yeah. in their hands. I mean the
1: the the Catholic Church took took position of the canon.
0: It did. Yeah. That's yeah. why they held the canon away from the people. They didn't want the people reading it for themselves because they were misrepresenting it.
1: I love what Thomas Watson had to say. Puritan preacher Thomas Watson, he said, listen to this. This made me this made me run a lap in my house.
0: <laughs> I can see him doing <laughs> that, that too. I'm, I'm serious, bro. bro. At, took his head off and ran.
1: Bro bro, ask Sarah, bro. I was I was man, when I was when I was preparing for this episode, man, I was I was reading, I was in my logo, I was doing research and I was like, "Oh, this made me just shout. Listen to what Puritan preacher Thomas Watson says. The scripture is the library of the Holy Ghost.
0: What? Oh. <laughs> uh, come the
1: come whole, on, bro!
0: Holy Ghost, bro.
1: The, the scripture is the library of the Holy Ghost? Stop playing Holy with ghost. me. He goes on to say, the scripture is the library of the Holy Ghost. It is a pandit of divine knowledge, an exact model and platform of religion. The scripture contains in it the credenda, the things which are to believe, and the agenda, the things which we are to
0: practice. So good. Bruh, the
1: scripture is the library of the Holy Ghost? Uh, Come on, man.
0: I'm reading through a book right now Stop by J.I. Packer, which, again, it's, it's not an easy read. Um, you know, it's so different from Knowing God. But it's, we love them kind of books, though. It's called <laughs> the, the the Quest for Godliness, and uh-huh. essentially it's a study through the Puritans who were— the Puritans were somewhat of the offspring of the Reformation. Yeah,
1: they were. They were the offspring and, uh, of it,
0: for sure. And it's and it's funny to note that, that Puritan was not— it was somewhat of a derogatory term— Right in its initiation concerning these group of believers who who were so dedicated to the scriptures. They were they were. And you know, you you have to think about like what what are you gonna live your life for? Come on, man. And and again, what are you going to allow to speak truth into your life?
1: Amen. Come on, dog.
0: And And if you're allowing anything else outside of the, the inspired word of God to speak truth into your life you are 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 going to go way off track in, in your grace journey. Yeah, and it's you know Romans ten talks about the importance of the word in preaching. Yeah, how are they gonna believe if they don't hear?
1: Yeah, yeah, believing comes through hearing,
0: and it comes from hearing what the word, the word of God, not the word of Chris. The, that
1: that's why we hate the phrase. Uh, preach the gospel and and if necessary use words. I hate yeah, that. I hate it's that so phrase. cringy. Like, yeah, bro. Because you go preach apostle the Paul says That words. faith comes through hearing. The apostle Paul just 10. walk
0: through cities and be like, "I'm a Christian," and just move on. Yeah, he didn't have, have a preach the word. A, he didn't have bumper sticker theology and do drive by shootings with theology <laughs> on Facebook and stuff like that. He right. Actually spoke the word of God. Yeah. That is how faith comes. That is what God uses to draw people unto salvation. And, and, you know, I I want to and we want to diminish the word the importance of the word of God.
1: Come on, bro. Mm. And you know, I want to I want to I want to pause here to say this is why I'm so grateful to be a member. Not only a pastor, but a member at Karis Church because we preach the Bible mm-hmm. and the Bible is our final authority for everything we do Absolutely. in faith and in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, because, grateful for that. I'm, yeah. I, I'm grateful for that, bro, because there's so many churches where... I'm like,
0: don't get mad at me, I didn't say it. Yeah, bro, <laughs> but like, no,
1: seriously, <clears throat> I have so many friends and family members, man, where like, they go to church, bro, and it's like, was the Bible even, was pages even turned?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, was the, like, what passage did you hear from?
0: I can say from, from experience. It's insane. Uh, and again, this is, I'm not special. Okay, I'm just. I, I, I've. I've. He's a, special, y'all. Um, he, he definitely is special. God special. God just in, in some weird ways, for sure. But
1: God's hands is on this. God
0: just has has just long ago settled settled this in my heart. When I interviewed to be the student pastor at your church, at your home mm-hmm. church, when I sat before the pastor and the personnel committee and all these other people, I'm like, if you. If you're looking for someone to entertain your kids, I'm not your guy. I love Jesus, and Don't I get love me started Bible, on that. And I'm going to preach and teach the Bible to them,
1: and, and and that's what youth ministry needs,
0: bro. It needs it, and and so what what I what I began to see was such a hunger and a desire in the hearts of those teenagers, middle school, high school, college, to just grow in their faith, and you cannot grow in your faith apart from deep study in the word of god and and so there were sundays when i would preach because the pastor would be away and i would have senior citizens come up to me Mm -hmm. and shake my hand and look me dead in my eye who had been members at this church for years and say thank you for just preaching the bible yeah Mm. You're not preaching politically. You're not preaching some weird agenda. You're not telling more stories and satire than you are the Bible. You're you're yeah. opening the Bible, and you're preaching the Bible. And that's just what I've simply been called to do. bro. And, and I'm going to give an account for that.
1: Yeah, we, we are. As preachers and pastors, we're going to give an account to did we preach the Bible? Bible.
0: How did I? How did I appropriate the word of God? Because Paul told the the elders in Ephesus, who recorded in Acts. I didn't shrink from teaching you the whole counsel of God. Uh huh. The whole the, counsel. That's key. The whole not, counsel. Not the counsel that I liked. Not the oh! council that, th- that I thought was appropriate for that time. the time. Not the council that I like.
1: Not, not Come the council that
0: I thought was popular with culture or yeah. this pocket of Christianity. Come on, he said. I didn't shrink from preaching to you the whole counsel of God, and the reason for that is the apostle Paul knew that he would stand in in front of Jesus one day and give an account for how he he taught every and letter, the
1: word of God, every letter, every word is sufficient. And that's why I
0: take it so seriously. Yeah, and, and, and that's again, why that's that's what God uses yeah, to transform and, and, people. And,
1: bro, that's one of my favorite things about being at Karis Church, bro. Like, I just love that we preach two books of the Bible because when you preach expository sermons, it, it forces you to preach everything that the text says.
0: Yeah. Expository yeah. preaching. You have to get up comfortable. It you forces in.
1: you to preach as passages that you would typically avoid.
0: Right, and when you do that, you're ultimately going to preach things that need to be heard. Like, bro,
1: you're about like I can't wait till you start preaching through Exodus, cause that's crazy to me. me. I've never sat under like so a verse excited. by verse preaching through Exodus. That's insane, bro. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> like,
0: what? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, God, why, why, why are you gonna take me through that bigger? <laughs> big old book, bro, that's a best. big book. Like, we got with a lot to got say. <laughs> so much there mm. for real, uh, bro. Like, but that you know, the title of that sermon, that series is going to be Redemption Set Free to Serve, um, and so I'm I'm, I'm excited. Ooh, Redemption I'm Set Free to Serve. Yeah, my, my, I'm my. looking forward to that. So, um, there's a Belgian confession that that builds on what Paul said in Second Timothy three, um, uh, fifteen 16 and seventeen. The, the Belgians, they get a lot of things right, including beer. But um, but <laughs> Facts. They, uh, there's a Belgic confession that says this. Uh, we believe that those holy scriptures fully contain the will of God and that whatsoever man ought to believe unto salvation is sufficiently taught therein. So what that means is sola scriptura teaches us in the end that all other authorities in the Christian life serve underneath Scripture,
1: while Scripture
0: alone rules over authorities, for it alone is God's inspired and errant and sufficient Word. So when I pick up a book about suffering and it's a walk through the Book of Job, I'm I'm reading this, not critiquing the author, but holding him accountable to the Scriptures. I, I, any author that I pick up, and and what and and so the people that I'm drawn to in terms of teaching and preaching and writing are people that I feel like share that same conviction about the word of God. They're not, they're not, they're not after some political or denominational agenda. Their only agenda is the truth of what scripture says. Come on dog. And that is something that I can get on board with and get behind. And they're the ones that are allowing scripture to interpret scripture. And they're not reading the scriptures through the lens of it, of self and culture. They're reading the scriptures through the lens of Jesus Christ and the gospel.
1: And that that makes me think of, and this is what a lot of the Reformed Baptists held to; those of the like of Spurgeon and so on. They held to the sixteen, the sixteen eighty nine. Well, excuse me, I got hiccups. <laughs> but um, the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession, chapter uh, chapter one, chapter one, paragraph six, it says, the whole counsel of God, concerning all things necessary for His own glory, man's salvation, faith and life is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scriptures. Unto which nothing at any time is to is to be added, whether by new revelation of the spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the word and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God, government of the church, common to human actions and society, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence, according to the g- general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. Mm-hmm. And that's the the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession, paragraph six, which those of the like of Charles Spurgeon held to. And I love that when you look at church history, they held to Scripture; that was their final authority. The Scripture being their final authority is what birth doctrine.
0: Mm-hmm. And doctrine matters. It's important. It's, it
1: matters. Yeah. And that's why you hear us say these theological ter- terms and words, because everyone has a theological framework when it read Scripture. Obviously, here at the Barren of Truth Podcast, we have a theological framework that is reformed when we read the Scripture. We are, uh, as... um this word. As some... As some people will say, the reformed theology is is essentially big God theology mm-hmm. because God is big, he's sovereign. Um, and, you know, that's what we hold to. And so for me, man, I'm just... I got hiccups, y'all. <laughs> I got the hiccups. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, that's how you know you're drinking good bourbon when you got the hiccups.
0: Real. Hmm.
1: But, um, you know, I just, man for me in my life how I lead my home it has to go back to the bible i just i have to always go back to what does the bible say
0: i have to yeah, yes and, and again I, we, we don't teach personal preference or, we don't the, the bible doesn't submit to me i submit to the bible Oh, and, and again, the Bible doesn't to,
1: submit to me. Yeah. I submit to them. And I would just
0: remember, you know, sitting there. There have been times and moments in my life where through tears I've kind of repented and, and um, said to God, you know, uh, uh, forgive me for misrepresenting your word. Uh, you know, whether I was caught up in some denominational culture or agenda or. Uh, again being sincere but being sincerely wrong and not necessarily being heretical but being just somewhat erroneous in how I'm, how I'm, how I'm presenting the word of god and not <clears throat> trying to be some more some, somewhat exegetical rather than exegetical mm-hmm. <clears throat> to fit a cultural or a, or a time and place and circumstance uh, for the sake of hearers and 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 somewhat <coughs> affirmation denominationally rather than just, you know, again, I, I'm i glad that God freed me from the bondage of that because, you know, even Paul told the Galatian church when he's talking about the power of the gospel, and if anyone preaches a different gospel, let him be a curse, which means let him be damned to hell. He's going to hell. Yeah, right. Um, because he said in that, in that passage, that if I seek to please men, I'm not a servant of Christ. So that's right. if it, you, you, there's, there's way too many p- people out there who are just hell bent on being people pleasers. For the sake of numbers, for affirmation, for platform, for for fame, or even money, and what they're doing is they're not teaching the whole counsel of God. Uh, what they're doing is teaching a partial, uh, the partial counsel of God, based on their own personal preference or their own personal agenda, and ultimately leading people astray. And there's there's going to be accountability for that. Yep. And and again, 100%. I I don't want to be that guy. And you know, my kids, you know, my wife, my close friends, and anyone who knows me, they know that when they get counsel from me, or the way that I, you know, Jess has told me in the quiet of our home, at times, you know, thank you for standing firm on your belief in the scriptures, oh, come and on. and and allowing that not only to just. The scriptures don't just affect the way that I preach. It affects the way that I live. It affects the way that I worship. It affects the way that I relate to uh, people, whether they be believers or non-believers. And the <laughs> scriptures affect the way that I endure suffering or trial or uh, heartache and pain. and All of it, you, I'm, I'm running back to the scriptures to see what the scriptures say about this particular incident or moment in my life and the more that we chew and meditate on those things the more that we're going to be equipped for good works and the more we're going to be equipped for the things that god is 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 testing us with and i'm not going to be tossed to and fro we live in a crazy crazy ever-changing fallen world we live in a wicked world we live in a narcissistic world we live in a world that parades selfishness and, and 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 applauds it as virtuous we live in a world that uh, that applauds perversity and and and, and perversity in human sexuality and pride and arrogance and mm-hmm. we we live in a world Come that on, that applauds the love of money and and all of those things and the scriptures have a lot of things to say about those things Come and, on. and the scriptures keep my heart in check and, and the scriptures keep me grounded and keep me being from being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, so I test the spirits. I'm going to test what you say. I'm going to test when you're trying to speak truth into my life. You better be coming with Scripture, mm. or I'm going to it's I'm going to test it. And yep. and and again, that just comes Absolutely. through meditation and study and prayer, prayerful reflection of the scriptures. And um, you can't talk about the solas again. That's a good. That's the starting point. Is yep. It, it, what does the scripture say? What is our authority? Because every other solo that we talk about, when we talk about solus, solus Christus, we're going to be talking about scripture and what the scriptures say about Jesus. That, and we can't that. know God and we can't know Jesus apart from what God has revealed to us in his word. Yep. And that's 100%. why it's so important.
1: Yep. And so that's a good, I mean, that's a good, good way to close, uh, this episode, um, next week. We will discuss Sola Christus, Sola Christus, which means Christ alone. Which I'm sure we will have a lot to say, bro. <laughs> a, lot Jesus to had say a lot to say because Jesus ha- had a lot to say. So, this is the first installment
0: mm. October, baby, in our
1: October series October on the Fest five solas. That's right, man. We gotta bring. spice hey, and everything nice. Hey y'all, we gotta we gotta <laughs> bring we gotta bring some Oktoberfest in here next week. Got to record. Got to. I need to be drinking an mm. Oktoberfest next week. Look, it, it. Yingling came out this year. It came out with an Oktoberfest. If I can find it, I'll bring it. We need yeah, that, that Sam Adams. I need to be drinking an Oktoberfest next week.
0: Goes good with pizza. <laughs> it
1: does. Man, it we very need good. pizza, pizza and beer. <laughs> oh
0: want to do it soli deo gloria yes
1: sir to the glory of god alone um so we are glad that you guys have t- tuned in to this episode on our first installment on our october series on the f- five solas um in this episode in sola scriptura i want to just in this episode on encouraging you guys to read your bibles mm-hmm. make sure that the bible is your final authority for everything that you do and say in faith and in practice, mm-hmm. go to a Bible church. If your church is not preaching the Bible, you may need to prayerfully consider yeah. changing church- churches, period. And if you are in South Carolina and you need a Bible church to attend, shameless plug.
0: We out here, bro. We are Ouch. out here. We out here. Yeah.
1: Caris Church in Welford, South Carolina. You can look us up on Google. Caris Church in Welford, South Carolina. Just, we are a Bible church.
0: Just follow the link in the uh, in the description. Yes,
1: the link will be in the description. Shout out to Michael for making sure that that's there. Um, we are a part of. We are members of Caris Church which is a small church plant in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, And if you live outside of South Carolina and you, you know, maybe, you know, in this state you live in, there's no Bible church. I want you to pray, pray about maybe moving,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Is that washer said don't go to the church nearest your house go to the one nearest the bible yeah
1: paul washer yeah paul washer said it best he said don't go to the church that's closest to your house go to the church that's closest to the bible and if you come to care church you're gonna get bible Mm -hmm. we are absolutely bible church we sit under the authority of scripture we preach verse by verse through books of the bible Mm -hmm. um Pastor Chris, he preaches expository sermons. So you're not blindsided. You're gonna you're gonna know what you're gonna get when you walk in. We okay. are currently preaching through Galatians. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we, we have you. we have most of it on YouTube right now. Yes. Caris mm-hmm. um, Church, put us in the search box. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Look us up. Caris Church on YouTube. Subscribe you can, to that
0: too. By the please, way. please absolutely please
1: subscribe to that and you can hear all of pastor chris's sermons he preaches verse by verse through books of the bible we are currently in galatians and then after galatians we're going to do a topical exposition on the church Mm -hmm. you're going to get some ecclesiology we're going to talk about the church um, and then after we go through a series on the church we will be in the book of exodus Exodus, which will probably take us two years, three years. Maybe it'll take a hot minute. It'll probably (laughs) it'll probably we we will probably spend the. after we go through our series on the church. We will probably spend three years in Exodus, Um, but but that's what we do. We preach through the Bible, man. It takes Mm -hmm. time man, to faithfully preach and to faithfully exegete. Exactly. We have to faithfully exegete the scriptures. So we appreciate you, God. Guys, for listening, and I apologize for my hiccups. Dude, it's funny. <laughs> my hiccups. You can't on... get rid of them. I need to scare you. <laughs> no, my hiccups are on ten right now. I didn't eat before I came here. Normally, I do. I need to eat something. I'm gonna go eat dinner when I get out of here. But as our dear brother Devin says, um, continue to enjoy your bourbon, keep smoking your cigars, and last but surely not least. The most important thing we want you guys to do is to keep reading your Bibles. Peace. See
0: you.